Welcome to the Root and Remedy podcast, where we discuss all things women's health, hormones, fertility, and body confidence. I'm your host, Vanessa, a woman's health and fertility nutritionist and the co-founder of Root and Remedy Wellness. You can find our courses, free community group, and all other resources at rootandremedywellness.com. In today's episode, we are getting intimate. We're going to get close, my friend, because this episode is a very personal solo episode. Um, I'm going to be going through six lessons that I've learned along my health and wellness journey that have changed my life forever, not just when it comes to so if you actually don't know about my my story, if you haven't listened to other episodes, I got into this work and I became a practitioner and I became so obsessed with women's health and women's medicine and hormones and fertility and periods and all these things from two main roots. Number one, I had chronic uh, cystic acne that was all over my face growing up all throughout my teens uh, in early 20s. And I also had an eating disorder. So I struggled with bulimia for a number of years in my childhood, starting at about 12 years old, up until uh, being about 20 years old. And thankful to say, I do not struggle with either of those things anymore. And again, that is why I got into this space. Those were two things that hindered my life, honestly, more than I can say. And I was so depleted by them, so fed up with them, so miserable from them um, that I really had no other choice but to go on this massive health and wellness journey and be like, what the hell? Like, okay, let me fix this because I literally can't live my life like this. Like, this will be a miserable life if I if I cannot figure this out. And if you are someone that struggles with body image or an eating disorder or acne or something else that maybe you're you're uncomfortable with your weight distribution or your your physical appearance in some way it is horrible like it from a day to day on a day to day basis you struggle so much with your self-worth you struggle with will you ever attract a partner that you love and loves you back you struggle with finding friends that you feel like really value you and you don't always feel like you have value and you self sabotage a lot because your self-worth and your self-confidence is so low and so shakable that it's really hard for you to move forward and to actually build a life that you're proud of, that you love that, and take risks and put yourself out there and do all these amazing things you know you want to do because you're crippled by that insecurity, whatever it may be. So these are six more so life lessons, not just, they're not like health and wellness hacks, even though they will change your life when it comes to health and wellness and overall happiness and your body composition and your skin and your period and all of these things, they definitely will. But at the end of the day, for me, it goes so much deeper than that. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients and with the people that I work with in our courses and our one-on-one and all that kind of stuff. Because your health isn't just eating broccoli and chicken and rice and lifting weights. Like it is everything. It's your mental health. It's your physical health. It, it, it's your physiological, your psychological health. It is your relationships. Yes, of course, it's your relationship to yourself and your body, but it's so much more. It is literally everything. And it's it's so true that if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Like if your health, you will take for granted until it's taken away from you. And then it, nothing else will matter. If you are not healthy, if you do not have the priority of taking care of yourself, at some point that's going to expire and you will do anything to get your health back, whether that is an eating disorder or it's acne or you're dealing with cycle issues or infertility, or maybe it's a more serious health condition. Maybe you have a disease or some kind of sickness. 
and some kind of diagnosis, wherever you are in that spectrum, if something health related is bothering you and is weighing you down and you're dealing with it, you want to nip it in, in the bud as quickly as possible. And of course, that's easier when it's more a mental thing or something that's fixable. Obviously, we're not going to say the same thing for diagnoses and, and more difficult situations, but at the end of the day, this episode is all about improving your overall quality of life because that is something that I will harp on and scream from the rooftops forever. Working on your health and working on your body and taking care of yourself should be enjoyable. It should be in service of making your life better. It should be in service of you having more joy and fulfillment and love and happiness in your life. And if it's not doing that, it's not worth it. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that we're taught in the quote unquote health and wellness world don't do that. They don't add to your life. They take away and they make you stressed out. They make you obsessed with your body. They make you obsessed with food. They make you never be able to drink with your friends and never eat the food that you like and spend hours in the gym and just obsessing over your body. And it's just... It is so much that's absolute crap, honestly, and that you do not have to worry about. So yeah, these are these are six things that I, I hold very close to my heart because there were many times throughout my life, especially in my younger years, that I genuinely never, ever, ever thought I would be where I am now in the sense that I would have the baseline level of happiness and self-satisfaction and self-confidence that I have. And it's taken a lot of work, like a lot, it genuinely like decades in the making, right? Like it's not 30 days to happiness and confidence and an amazing life, but these mindset shifts and these lessons I find make you so much stronger when you can embody them, when you can really dissect them and think, okay, how can I use this? How can I learn from this? How can I actually consider this realistically and, and, and seriously? Because if you're staying and floating around the surface on your health and you think it's just about working out and it's just about eating well and sleeping and it has nothing to do with self-talk or it has nothing to do with self-esteem or your identity or your narratives, like all of these things or your beliefs, for example, we're going to dive into all of that then you're never going to really make strides. If you're if you're just hanging out around the surface, you're hanging at the top, you have to go deep and you have to ask the really uncomfortable conversation or questions, have those uncomfortable conversations, go to therapy, journal, like become your own best friend because that's really the only way you will le- live a deep and fulfilling life. And Unfortunately, I had to figure this out a very difficult way, right? Like struggling so much with with acne and with an eating disorder and having horrible body image and self-esteem and self-confidence and just the shitstorm that that comes with. And the reason why I'm so passionate about talking about it now is because I know what it feels like to feel like nothing's ever going to get better. And this is just the way it is forever. And this is just the hand you were dealt and the torture that you have to ensue and it's just, or endure, and it's just not true. So this is a conversation I want to have with you. And I just feel like it's, it's very fitting for this moment in time. As of this recording, it is my 26th birthday, wild. And I like to do a lot of reflection around my birthday. And so I was thinking about, okay, what are the biggest lessons that I've learned? And I was like, maybe I'll do 26 lessons for 26 years, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to just do six and we're going to dive into them. So these are six life lessons that I have learned in my short 26 years on this planet that have changed my life forever in the in the form, of course, of health and wellness, but also just overall life enjoyment, life fulfillment, 
living the short time that we have on this earth. Number one, life is too short to hate your body. Life is too short to hate your body. Oh my God, does that not just pierce into your goddamn soul? I remember when I said that out loud for the first time, I think I said it to a client when I first started my coaching practice and my nutrition practice in 2020. We were dealing, we were talking about body image and she was just like, oh, I just, I I don't want to hate my body anymore. I really don't. Like I just, I cannot deal with this anymore. And I just remember saying back to her, absolutely. Life is too short, too goddamn short to hate your body. And then we were both like, yeah, that's, that's true. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. Like it just, it just resonated right away. And I remember thinking to myself, holy, like that is, that is so beyond true. And it, it's such a piercing phrase and just something that cuts so deep because you know that it's true. If you're going through your day, judging your body, hating your body, you're doing everything that you're doing nutritionally, workout wise, sleep, supplements, fasting, all of these things because you hate your body and that's really what you're focused on, you know that life's too short. Like when you hear that, you're like, God damn, that's so true. Like there's no way I should be spending this much time hating myself because there are all of these narratives that we have and all of these expectations we're trying to fill, self-inflicted, others-inflicted, parental-inflicted, like all of these things that we're trying to juggle at once when it comes to our bodies and the way we portray ourselves and the way we want to be viewed by others and the way we want to move through the world, that we want to be idolized and admired, but we also want to be down to earth and cool. Like we want to be hot, but not too hot that other girls hate us. But we also want to make sure that like the boys that we like, like us back. And we also want to be cool and like girl next door, but you kind of want to be girly at the same time. Like, especially as women, there are just so many different hats we want to wear and so many things that we're cross examining and thinking about always at the same time. And it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And we are raised to and sold to be uncomfortable in our bodies. Like you you never see ads and promotions about just loving the body you're in. I mean, kind of now you do because it's a whole movement. But when people are trying to sell you stuff, they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable and strip your confidence away from you and make you feel less than and make you feel like crap, usually about your body and the way you're taking care of yourself to sell you and to give you that solution. And it is just exhausting and frustrating. And it's so easy for us to fall victim and be be prey to that because it's so personal and it's so painful when you are hating your body. And trust me when I tell you about my history with eating disorder and and struggling with all of that, there was not a day that I didn't hate my body. Like there was not a day. I remember taking literally thousands of before pictures saying, oh, when I get my after pictures, I'm going to love myself. Yeah. Take pictures of my ugly body right now. Let me get it out of the way. Like I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be such an inspiration story. But again, like something, something we talk about a lot, your weight and your body composition is important in the sense that you need to feel comfortable in your body 100%. But skinnier doesn't always equal happier. Of course, there is a certain place where you feel more comfortable in your body and a place where you may get to that you feel less comfortable in your body and that's its own thing. But thinking that we just have to be skinnier, that we have to be more perfect, that we have to be tighter, that we have to have bigger boobs, a bigger butt, a tinier waist, we have to have all these proportions that are just not realistic and we're hating our bodies so much is just exhausting. And I remember 
a very stark change that I went through when I just honestly felt burnt out from hating my body so much. I was like, this isn't getting me anywhere. Every time I try to fuel my exercise and my nutrition with saying, this is the time I'm going to get skinny. This is the time I'm going to get my quote unquote dream body. It never worked. It never worked. No surprise there. It never worked because fueling yourself with hatred of your body and fueling yourself by punishing yourself and being so angry and insecure and disgusted with your body that you try to move forward does not last. That willpower and that motivation expires. It has an expiry date that is way, 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 way sooner than you think it's going to be. And even if you do start to see progress, and again, this is something that I struggled with a lot, even when I did see progress, objectively, I lost a lot of weight. I went down like maybe three sizes, for example. I was like, it's not enough, not enough. Gotta be more, gotta be tighter, gotta be skinnier, gotta show more abs, gotta be have a bigger butt. Okay, now that I'm losing weight, I look, I don't look like as muscular. Okay, now I need to put on more muscle, but I still need to be skinny. Like it is exhausting and you can't even appreciate the progress you're making because you're so obsessed with your body and the root is that you hate your body. And then I remember having that mindset shift because I heard it on a podcast actually, funny enough. And they were talking about how when you are fueling this path with hatred of your body and with punishment, you cannot, like psychologically, you cannot get to where you want to be and you will never appreciate yourself and your results and you will never actually be happy. You have to flip it on its head and say, I am choosing to start to love myself. You don't necessarily have to say I'm the sexiest thing in the world and I love my body and nothing needs to change because it's not true. If you're uncomfortable in your body and you don't like your body, you can't just tell yourself you love your body and nothing has to change. You won't believe it. But you can say, I'm working on loving my body. I'm going to lead with self-love and nourishment and taking care of myself. And it was this frame change and this mindset shift that healthy is attractive. The reason why we're all so obsessed with being fit and being strong and being skinny is because those are signals of health, right? And it, it can go too far, right? You can get too thin and then you don't look healthy. You look sickly. Also, you can go through all the plastic surgery when we're talking about the Kardashian movement and having a huge ass on a skinny body that doesn't have any muscle looks weird. Like it just doesn't even look right because it doesn't look healthy. It doesn't look normal. It doesn't look like it's something that's attainable. So when we look at these bodies that we're looking up to, they're signaling to a certain extent health. We're not usually looking at the bodybuilder saying, I want to look like that. We're usually looking at someone who's quote unquote toned, relatively thin, has, you know, a little bit of muscle, a little bit of definition. We're like that, that's what I want. That That's usually signaling health. So why would I be obsessed on my appearance and only focus on the appearance and sacrifice my health? It's like you're sacrificing the thing that you actually want for the thing you think is going to give you what you want. Like you're, you're running yourself in circles. So I remember switching and saying, okay, how can I focus on just making myself healthy? How can I focus on my strength in the gym on getting to, for example, being able to do a chin up instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to try to get skinnier. I'm going to actually try to get stronger. I'm going to try to lift more weights. I'm going to try to have better sleep. I'm going to try to have more energy. I also was struggling a lot with my hair at that point. I was losing hair and my hair was like losing its curl, which is crazy, but that happens. My nails were super brittle. I was I was obviously binging and purging and having these difficult relationships with food. I was feeling very, I don't, not necessarily anxious as the word, but I was feeling very scattered and, and just overwhelmed all the time. And I was telling myself, okay, what if I focused on leading with love, leading with care, leading with nourishment? 
And I cannot stress enough how that has changed my life forever. And every time I've fallen back into the habits of focusing on only body composition, my body composition struggles. When I focus and when you focus on being healthier, your body composition improves. So if you are focused on changing your body right now, and I totally respect that, if you're on that journey, more power to you. Make sure you are leading with taking care of your body, taking care of your health, because healthy looks so sexy. Healthy looks amazing. If you are healthy, you will look healthy. I promise. So don't lead with hating your body and punishing your body to get to where you want flip it on its head and say the body composition will come I'm going to focus on being the healthiest best most vibrant version of myself and something else you will notice is that you're happier sooner so what I thought I would need body composition wise to feel quote-unquote confident and happy in my body is not actually what I needed at all not at all and I actually look very similar now to what I looked like when I was 18 or 19 and I feel fantastic. And I'm thrilled at, at my body composition and I feel very comfortable and I'm very, very proud of, of the body that I have. Of course, I still have goals. I'm trying to do 10 chin-ups. I'm trying to squat more weight. I'm trying to, you know, sometimes I want to focus on leaning out a little bit or building a bit of muscle. That's totally fine. Always in a healthy way or focusing on doing it in a healthy way. But it's just such a beautiful shift and you will be so much happier. You will feel so much better and more confident in your body. You will live a better life when you are not hating your body. Life is too goddamn short to hate your body. We could have a whole episode on this, like entire episode, because it is just something that's so important. And if honestly, there's one thing to take away, it, it, it would honestly be this. Like if you could start moving forward and changing from self-hatred and self-loathing self and punishment to love and support and nourishment, your life will be changed forever in every aspect of your life. Your relationships will get better. Your sleep will get better. Your sex life will get better. You will be a better partner, wife, daughter. You will be a better person all around and you will live a healthier life and a happier life. So that's number one. Number two, this is probably my favorite philosophy that I have taken on and discovered in the past however many years that that has changed my life in the sense that it moves me forward exponentially faster than anything else. And it is, if you have the courage to do the difficult thing or make the hard decision, you will be rewarded beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. I'm like, I want to tattoo that on my body somewhere. Like this is my favorite concept ever. It is my favorite philosophy that I live by. It is my favorite mindset shift because... So many people and so many of us and so many times in our lives, we stay comfortable and we do not have and build the courage to make the really hard decision because it's so hard and because you want to be comfortable because you you don't necessarily believe that you can give up the good for go, to go to something great. And it's so much easier to stay with something that's pretty good than to get rid of that and jump off a cliff into the abyss and say, well, I hope the net will appear because... I don't know. And there are so many times in our lives that we can do this, not only with our health, but of course in our career, in our relationships, in friendships, and really going after what we truly want and trusting that if you have the courage to be that person that ha that makes the difficult decision when everybody else would stay complacent, when everybody else would settle, when previous you would settle and would talk you into staying or talk you into making the same mis mistake or the same decision over and over again, when in your gut you know that you need to make a different decision, if you have the courage to do that, you will be rewarded beyond your wildest expectations and dreams. And I don't just say that as like a general philosophy and I'm like still waiting, still waiting to be rewarded. Every single time, 
And it's honestly only a handful. And I'm working on that because it's, well, it's only a handful in the sense that it was life-changing decisions and life-changing moments where I was like, I am leaping. I am goddamn leaping. And holy Jesus, I really hope that this is the right decision because this is terrifying. And I do not have any concrete reason to believe or or anything lined up afterwards to to really know without a shadow of a doubt, have a complete certainty that, that this will work out. And that is the entire narrative of courage, right? That is you being brave. The person who isn't afraid isn't courageous, right? You doing the thing when you're not afraid of it or when you're not scared about the other the other side or you're not necessarily just, or you're not just having blind faith and trust, that's not courageous, that's not brave, that's just you making another decision. Whereas when you are actively saying, I know every fiber of my being wants to be, wants to just do the comfortable thing, wants to just stay, stay in my comfort zone and stay small and just stay in the kind of good, but not, not great. Every time you fight that feeling and you go and you jump off the cliff, oh my God, so special, so special. And for me personally, I've seen this the most in two main areas, career and love or partnership, I guess you can say, or dating, whatever you want to say. And love and money and like love in your career. I love the work with uh, Lacey Phillips to be magnetic. If you don't know to be Mag- to be magnetic, I'm turning you on to them. They are amazing. All about manifestation. Don't get carried away though. Like don't turn this off. It's more so manifestation in the sense that you're the curator of your life. If you are having self-deprecating and very low self-worth beliefs, you will always run in the same circle. You will always attract the same problems. You will never excel in your career. You will never be able to make the moves. You will always attract the unavailable person. You will never see the financial freedom that you want to see because you are keeping yourself small. It's it's very self agent. It's, it's a very strong when it comes to you have the agency. You are the co-creator of your life. The universe wants you to succeed. So it's not like anything's against you, but it's very much so you are the co-creator. You make shit happen. You need to work on your self-worth. You need to take aligned action, move towards your best self, move towards the woman you want to be, and you will be rewarded when you do so. They also talk a lot about or a lot about tests. And me and my girlfriends talk about this all the time in like dating and relationships and career. You're, for example, in dating, you go on a date with someone who is has a lot of the qualities you're looking for, but they're really not it. And you're like, well, is this the best I'm going to get? Maybe. Okay, maybe I should just suss it out. Maybe I should stick with it because, wow, he's almost there, but he's not my 100%. Like he's not all the way for me. And the concept is that that is, again, a test for you. Are you going to make the same decision you always make? Are you going to settle or are you going to say no? Are you going to focus on building your self-worth and go for something even better and trust that you will be met with something better? It might not necessarily be right away, but it will be at some point. And it's just all about building your self-worth. And this kind of philosophy that I've developed has definitely stemmed from that work and from working on limiting beliefs and low self-esteem because I struggle with that more than freaking I could even explain like oh my god was my self-worth like in in the pooper it was horrible it was horrible I didn't I didn't think in career in money in relationships that I was like deserving of really anything because I just felt like trash and I was I was so ashamed of the behaviors I would do I was ashamed of my body I was I was just keeping myself so small so through this work and really developing higher self-esteem and self-confidence it has been so exciting to see in specifically two areas in my life, love and and career, 
these changes and these amazing kind of honestly crazy, 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 crazy outcomes that have happened that when you have the courage to make the difficult decision, you are rewarded. And only you can really see it. Like you can obviously talk to talk to your friends about it and and explain. And sometimes, like my girlfriends, I will freak out. We'll be like, "Holy crap!" Like like you girl, you called that in. Like I remember you making that decision and you jumping off that cliff and saying, "All right, this better be the right decision because I'm looking for X Y Z." And then X Y Z really like literally drops into your lap, and it is just so special. And sometimes it takes a really long time, and it you have to delay that gratification, and you have to trust the path, and you have to trust that you are worthy and deserving and capable of creating the life you want and having everything you want. So that's number two. If you have the courage to do the difficult thing, you will be rewarded beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. Just because we all want to be living the most courageous life possible. We all want to be getting the maximum enjoyment and fulfillment out of life. And if we have the courage to set those boundaries, to say no, to being complacent, say no to settling in all areas of our lives, we will be rewarded. I truly believe that for all of us. Number three is the on our list of six lessons that have changed my life forever. The most important relationship you have is the one to yourself. And again, we are always focused on love and partnership and like finding our other half and all that stuff. But before, not saying you can't tandem both of them. I don't think you have to fully heal yourself before you look for somebody. I I don't think that's true, but you can do them simultaneously. You can be and should be always working on yourself. And ideally you attract and and find a partner who is also doing that. And you find friends that are also doing that. But if you've got a shit relationship to yourself, if you are literally, if you do not treat yourself like a friend, like a best goddamn friend, and if you speak to yourself in ways that if you were to behave and speak to and treat your friends like that, you would have no friends. If that is your reality, like you are actually horrible to yourself, you are going to keep yourself so small. You again are never going to get the results you're looking for when we're talking about health and wellness, but also so many other areas. It's always going to come down to that self-sabotage because you don't feel deserving and worthy of having a good life. And especially when it comes to things like your body and your health, but also money, career, relationships, friendships, love, like all of these things are so important and so deeply rooted in your self-worth and your relationship to yourself. That's kind of like a theme of this whole episode, like self-worth and self-confidence and who you actually believe you are and your, your identity. But working on your relationship through these different avenues that I will discuss will change your life. Even if nothing externally changes, if you you don't change your body, if you don't necessarily change your relationship, if you keep the same friends, but you work on your narratives to yourself, you work on your relationship to yourself, the way you treat yourself, the promises you keep to yourself, going back to a few episodes ago, the mindset changes that you need to have. One of them was you keep the promises that you make to yourself because they're important because you have to be someone who you need to be a person of integrity. You need to be dependable. You need to be trustworthy. And the relationship you have with yourself needs to be so strong. You need to love the person that you are at the end of the day. You need to be proud of the priorities that you have, of the decisions you make, of the philosophies you keep, of the person you are when nobody is watching. That is the relationship you need to focus on because otherwise you're going to cut corners you again are going to keep yourself small. You're going to tell yourself you're not deserving of X, Y, Z, and then you're going to self-sabotage any which way you can. And you will always get in your own way of achieving those things. And then you're going to feel like, woe is me. The world is out to get me. 
why does everything go well for these people and and I just can't catch a break? Why am I always dating the same person? Why am I never moving forward in my career? Why can I never lose the weight? Or why can I never fix these problems with my health? So much of it is going to stem from you improving that self-relationship, you feeling like, hell yes, I am, am in control. I'm in the driver's seat. I have agency. I can do what I want. I can create this amazing life for myself at any age, at any point I can change and I can fix this relationship. And it is a process, but these are a few things that have really helped me. Therapy, of course. If you're a talker, I am a huge talker. Surprise, surprise. I have found therapy to be so helpful in conjunction with other things, not just therapy, but having someone just listen and guide you and dissect and challenge the narratives you have to yourself. Beautiful. So beautiful. Cause they will say, where's that coming from? Why? Why are you saying that? Why are you believing that? They will stop you in your tracks and will challenge you. Cause so many times we will just say, oh yeah, I'm lazy. Oh yeah. I'm horrible with change. Oh yeah. I'm ugly or I'm disgusting. Or yeah, I've always been this way. And it's, we just take it as fact when who, who says, literally says who, says who? You, just you. And it's usually previous you. It's usually insecure you. It's usually past you. And it's usually low self-worth you that is taking on all of these narratives and taking on, on all these identities that we need to dissect and we need to work through and we need to destroy. At the very least, we need to question. And we need to say, is it true? Oh, who is it? Is it... Um, Oh, this is going to bother. Oh, Byron Katie. It's Byron Katie. She has these questions. I think it's, is it kind? Is it true? Do I know for certain that it's true? And is it helpful? Like those are questions that you, I, I might be butchering them, but it's something like that, that you ask yourself when you are talking about a narrative. So for example, I love, I love the lazy part because a lot of the clients I work with will be like, I suck with change. I'm lazy. And I'm like, girl, we are going to dissolve that narrative all day, all day. Like we are going to do so much work around that because no, you're not. You tell yourself you're lazy, but you, you are not lazy. You're just telling yourself you're lazy. You may have behaved at like a lazy person would, but that doesn't mean you genetically are lazy. So you can ask yourself, is it true? Is it actually true? How do I know it's true? Because you might say, yeah, it's true. I've always behaved that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can't change it, right? Or maybe you've ha taken actions and you've shown yourself that that is a pattern of yours, but it's not necessarily a trait of yours. Also, sometimes we're just mean and we're just saying like, I'm ugly or I'm disgusting. Is that true? No, it's not true. No, it's not true. Or I'm never going to get anywhere in life or I'm going to be alone forever. Is it true? Probably not, girl. Probably not true. Like, let's be real. How do I know it's true? That one always gets me. I'm like, I don't know it's true. I don't, I'll never know it's true. That one always trips me up. I'm like, absolutely not. Three, is it kind? Almost always no. Almost always no. The narratives that you have and the self-talk that you have, if it's something worth questioning, usually it's not very kind. And I also like to say what I say this to my best friend. Hell no. Hell to the no. You would never speak to a best friend the way you speak to yourself and we need to fix that. And I'm not saying with any of these things that I am perfect. I struggle with still all of these, but it's just that there are lessons that I'm learning and, and, and I'm trying to put forth and, and work on. So I don't want you to think you're going to get to a point where like you never talk shit about yourself to yourself ever again. You will. <laughs> That's just the part. That's just like life. But it's just that you can maybe catch yourself and say, okay, I'm being, I'm being a jerk to myself right now. I'm being a horrible friend. Let me, let me change this. At least you're aware of it. And you're like, okay, let me fix this. So is it true? Do I know for certain it's true? Is it kind? Probably not. No, no, no. Is it helpful? 
at the very least, even if it's true and you know it's true and it's kind, is it helpful? Usually if it's kind, it's helpful. But usually you say no to three of those four questions, if not all four. At the end of the day, does it move you forward? Is it helpful to think? Even if it is true that you have always been quote unquote lazy, is it helpful for you to identify as a lazy person? No, it's helpful for you to identify as someone who gets shit done because if you identify as a lazy person, you're always just gonna be lazy. Like what is the point? And this is something I talk about a lot on the podcast is to a certain extent, you get to choose certain, you get to choose the mindset that you have, right? You don't always get to choose your beliefs, right? Sometimes your beliefs are, beliefs are deep rooted. Like I can't look at a cup and believe it's a dog. Like I can't necessarily change a belief like that, but you can challenge your beliefs. You can find new, um, proof to change your beliefs over time. You can't necessarily just say an affirmation and change your belief, but you can work on changing your mindset and say, I have always behaved like X, Y, Z, but I'm going to move forward as someone who, and I'm going to trust that I can become someone who is not that way. That is so much more empowering than saying, I'm just the way I am and I'm there's I'm never going to be able to change it. That's also going back to our growth versus fixed mindset, right? Do you actually believe you can acquire and create the skills that you need to become the person you want to become and to have the life you want to have? Or are you always going to keep yourself small and say, I am who I am. I can never change. And this is just the reality of my life. It's so much better to have that growth mindset. It's also just so much more fun to move through your life. Like things work out for you. Number one, I love, I love that, that narrative from John Acuff in his book soundtracks, amazing, amazing book, all about the narratives that we have in the quote unquote soundtracks we have playing in our brains. He's like, why don't we take on the soundtrack that everything works out for me? Cause even when shit hits the fan and you're having the worst day and it feels like everything is just falling apart, you trust and you say to yourself, you know what? It's all good. Cause everything works out for me. It's not working out right now, but in due time, it will work out for me. Also, if I have the courage to do the difficult thing, I'll be rewarded and it will work out for me. See how we're combining different lessons. But that is an empowering belief. You also saying, I love, I love the belief that I am resourceful. Because sometimes you're served a shit sandwich and I love telling myself, I love like taking myself on a little walk or going through a therapy session and saying, I'm resourceful, I'm scrappy, I can pivot, I can change, I am intelligent. Like what would you say to your best friend? You'd be like, girl, you're having a horrible time right now, but you are going to figure it out because I know you're amazing. I trust that you're going to figure this out. You are a queen. Why can't we say that to ourselves? So therapy, so important. Another thing is I personally love, love, love taking myself on little, what do I want to call them? They're like solo talking dates. So I'll usually do this in the sauna. Sometimes I'll do this on a walk and it's just like talking to yourself. I'll do it in the car all the time. If I've got like a long drive, I'll like put on some good music, but like turn it down and then talk to myself, like have literally a conversation. And I will say right now I'm feeling my low self-worth person or self is saying X, Y, Z. And then I'll, I'll literally say, okay, from the perspective of my higher self-worth self or my higher self, whoever we want to call it, your magnetic self, your best self, your highest self, whatever you want to say, what do I need to, what do I need to hear right now? Because I'm, I'm feeling really small right now. I feel like I am being self-deprecating. I feel like I am keeping myself small. I may be sabotaging. I see behaviors and narratives and beliefs that I don't like. And you almost have this dialogue with yourself. And it is like that high self-worth self meets that lower self-worth self. That sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying. And they're having a conversation and it is so powerful because sometimes you don't feel like you have the answers within you when you do. You just are living and looping in low self-worth and that identity. And you kind of need to shake yourself out of that and say, 
okay, I know that's not me. I know that there's someone, there's a part in there that can guide me. I know that I'm better than this. I know that I can start to change again, the growth mindset. I know I can take these strides forward. So I love sitting in the sauna, talking to myself, being like, here's what I'm struggling with. Okay. Here's what we're going to do about it. Here's what I know to be true. Okay. Here's where I'm being an absolute asshole to myself. And this is where I need to replace these words with these words and say, and talk to myself like I'm my friend. And it always feels better. I always feel like I have more agency and power and control and excitement about life. And you just feel a lot more confident. You also feel like you have the ability to change and you feel more inspired and you feel more motivated. So doing that, I find very helpful. Journaling is also amazing. No surprise there. Journaling is such a beautiful tool for you to use. I am just more of a talker and I find like I can't always write out everything I need to write. I'm like a voice note girly. All my friends know I call them. I voice note them. I do the podcast. Like I'm such a chatty Cathy. So that's the way I process things. Maybe you are someone though who processes things by writing or maybe by thinking. Like you like to go on a walk and just think it through. That's fine too. But maybe try to hybrid some of these tools. And of course, therapy is always a good idea. Um, also again, the TBM work to be magnetic. I am, am in that membership. I love it. I find it helps me so much. I love the meditations and the deep imaginings and the prompts and all of these things. Like I can't recommend it enough. Um, they're just, they're so amazing. So we've got our first three life is too short to hate your body. If you have the courage to do the difficult thing, you'll be rewarded beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. And the most important relationship is the have you want to, or is the one you have to yourself. And that is one that you need to work on all the time. It's not a destination. It's always a journey. Number four, and this is kind of related to number three, but I feel like it needed its own slot. Number four on the life lessons that have changed my life forever. At any moment, you can change your identity and become who you want to be. Oh, what an empowering belief. What an amazing, empowering belief. How good does that feel for you to say at any moment, I can literally change who I am, the identity that I have, the way I think about myself, how I move through the world. I can just become a totally new person because it's true. It's true. Literally at any moment you can say, I don't want to be that girl anymore. I don't want to be someone who's late. I don't want to be someone who shows up late. That's disrespectful. I'm talking to me. Um, if you can't tell, that's disrespectful. That shows people I don't value their time. I'm now going to be someone that's on time or early. And yes, you may falter because you're kind of old habits die hard. But again, it's all about the narratives, that relationship to yourself, that mindset that you have. Do you actually believe that you can change at any moment? Because it's true. You can. And I love going back to the lazy example as opposed to saying, I am blank, we say, I have patterns of blank. So I have patterns of laziness. Previously, I've behaved as a lazy person. I want to change that identity and be someone who's not lazy. Here is what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to work on. Here's the progress I want to make. And then over time, eventually, if I'm doing things that a proactive, not lazy person would do, I will eventually not be lazy. Even if my default is to want to be lazy, I don't have to identify with that. And it is just such an empowering belief. And I love this one so much. And when I work with one-on-one -on -one clients and this is something that we target, it's so beautiful because nothing else has to change in your external world. But the way you carry yourself is different. Even if we're talking about health and wellness, if you're saying, I previously have behaved as an unhealthy person, I have not been good to my body. I've not been good to myself. I've not nourished myself. I've depleted myself a lot and I've not been taking the necessary steps to feel good in my body. I'm going to be, I'm going to show up 
and I'm going to move forward as someone who loves their body, who takes care of their body. What does she look like? What does she do? And I'm going to start doing those things. And when you do the things, the action has to come first. When you do those things, eventually you will become that person because you are just an accumulation of all of your actions and decisions and the things that you actually execute. You're not just the things you think, right? You're actually the, the follow through. And when you start showing up as that healthy person or you start showing up as a happier person or someone who's more optimistic or maybe you start showing up as a better friend or someone, like I said, who's proactive instead of lazy, someone who takes care of themselves, you start to feel that way because you're like, look at all this proof I have. Before, I had no proof that I was not a lazy person. And I tried that identity on for size and I said, I'm going to work towards becoming this person. And then now I have all of this proof that I am someone who is proactive and I am someone that gets after it. And I just want to, it's an addicting feeling. It's so exciting. And then even if you do falter, it's the exception. It's not the rule. So sometimes you will have lazy moments and that's okay, but you still know, okay, great. That's fine. Moments passed. I am going to acknowledge that. And I'm going to move forward and I'm going to think, okay, how can I do better? It's such an empowering mindset shift to know that you can change your identity at any point. And again, when I was younger, I took on the identity as someone who was unattractive, someone who was overweight, someone that didn't deserve someone that I wasn't attracted to because I felt like the guys that I always liked went for my friends. And I was like, oh, I'm just not worthy of someone that I find attractive. I'm always going to have to settle. Or for example, I would say, I am not a fit person, right? I'm not I, I'm not a good looking girl. I'm not a fit person. And that would keep me so small because then I would say, see, every time I miss my workout or every time I have these binging and purging episodes, I'm like, see, I messed up. Like I'm just, I'm not the person. Whereas if I were to say, and once I did start saying, I actually would literally say, I love myself too much to do that. I literally would say that. I remember if I, I did a YouTube channel years ago and the, the photos are not, or the videos are not there. Don't try to, don't try to search it. Um, but I remember I literally would tell my, um, or I would speak in these videos and say, I, I genuinely would say, I, I love myself too much to do that. I love myself too much to binge. I love myself too much to purge. Like I am not that person anymore. I am not someone who treats their body like that. And then I started to, to act and behave in accordance with that narrative. And it was really hard at first because again, eating disorder is very difficult. There was a lot that I had to work through, figuring out my hormones and my acne and birth control and all of these things were really hard and it was a really long journey and I don't want to minimize that, especially if you're in that space. But taking on the belief that I am someone who can create her own life, who is beautiful, who is confident, who's sexy, who feels amazing in her body, who has clear skin, who takes care of herself, all of these things, you start to behave in accordance to that identity and then eventually you become that person. And it's just so much easier to actually believe you are that person when you're acting in accordance. Whereas when I would, because I would still have episodes where I would binge and I would purge because of course it's difficult. You can't just change your mind one day and then never do it again. But over time they would get fewer and further between. And then I would celebrate, hey, it's been three weeks since I had a binging episode. That's, that's huge. That's the longest I've ever gone. Oh my God, it's been two months. Oh my God, I haven't thought about binging this entire week or this in, entire month. Or, oh my God, I had, I had an a thought and I was able to dissolve that thought and take care of myself instead and go on a walk or journal about the feeling or eat a nourishing snack instead of binging. And it was just celebrating these small shifts of 
I am not identifying with that eating disorder. I am not identifying with XYZ, insert blank, where you know you're identifying with that belief and you're identifying with that identity and that person that you don't want to be. Let's squash those narratives. You don't have to be that person. And what would you want to trade that identity for? What else do you want to take on in place of that narrative? And then how can we start to act in accordance to this new person? You will start to feel so much better. Like I said, even if nothing in your external reality changes, you're going to carry yourself completely differently. And that is so, so beautiful and something you can change immediately. All right. Lesson number five that has changed my life forever. Choose your friends and your partner wisely. The person you are when you're with them is the person you will become 24 seven. So this is kind of like you're the average of whatever the five or six people you spend your most time or you're the most time with. But over time, oh my God, have I seen how important it is in my situation as a woman to have girlfriends that are ride or die, truly happy for you because hard question to ask yourself, but when you have good news, are your friends actually happy for you? And they're not secretly jealous or secretly wishing you you weren't successful or you weren't happy. Are they not secretly then thinking about, oh my God, I need to one up her. Or I'm like, they don't show true, genuine happiness. And then number two, when you have bad news, are they actually there for you? Or are they secretly happy that you're not doing well? That is a tough question. Also a very difficult question to ask about your partner. Very, very difficult. And this for me, obviously like, as you break up with certain partners in your life, you also have to have friendship breakups sometimes. Like you're not always going to be friends with your high school friends forever. Like, and that's okay. That means you're growing. Sometimes you outgrow friendships. Sometimes you realize that someone's very toxic and competitive. And that is a, was a huge boundary that I had to set, especially as I moved into building my own business and having these massive dreams for myself. I noticed some women in my life and some friendships that were so competitive. And I, would share good news and, or sometimes we'd have conversations and I felt like they were probing for information. It was more like they were asking me questions to see how well I was doing and like if they were doing better than me or if I was doing better than them, they weren't asking me questions to genuinely ask how I was doing. And that was, was a very harsh reality. And then again, when you share that news, are they actually happy for you? There were a number of people where I was like, you're not, you're not happy for me. I can, I can see that that's fake. Or when I have bad news, you're secretly pumped that I'm not doing well. Like it makes you feel better about yourself. That's tough. Also having people that you can call in crisis and that you can just be like your most ridiculous self with. Like, yes, we love people that like lift us up and make us the best version of ourselves. And we talk about growth and we talk about expansion and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes you just need your girlfriends that you can have the raunchy, ridiculous conversations with, that you can vent to, that you can just like load off onto. And they don't always have to be like, all right, so how are you growing from this? And how, what are you learning? Like, yes, those are conversations we have to have, but sometimes you just need to shoot the shit with your friends. So I have learned that the friends and the partner that you choose, the person that you are when you're with them. So think about the person you are when you're with your, your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whoever, because you spend so much time with that person, they usually replace like two or three friends worth of time, right? Or even more than that, usually with them all the time. Do you like the person that you are when you're with that that person and with that chosen partner? Or do you not? Do you feel like they bring out the best qualities in you? Do you feel like you need to be with someone that brings out those qualities even more? Do they sometimes bring out not great qualities in you? Or do they sometimes make you feel like 
they're competitive with you or they're not on your side? How do you feel they feel when you share good information and exciting information or when you feel or when you share really bad information or your what your struggles, right? How do they respond? Do you feel like a team? And it's going to be different with your friendships and your relationship. Obviously, those are those are just totally different, but it's kind of the same string you need to pull. And that was something obviously that I took a really long time to learn. And of course I'm still learning. I think we all are, but I remember hearing on a podcast as well, podcasts, God, they just, they, they're just good shit. They're great. You, you will become the person that you're with when you're with your friends and your partner, because you're, those are the people you spend your time with. So they will, that's also why, like sometimes you take on the mannerisms of the people you like, like, do you ever notice sometimes you, you say the same jokes or like you start to take on the things that you love in your friends because you're like, Oh, I love that. That's funny. I'm going to take that on. And you sometimes do it subconsciously. You're also going to take on other traits. So if, your friends or and or your partner, we're going to use these like kind of interchangeably, make you feel small, make you feel like you can't achieve your dreams or that you're you're too much or that you're asking for too much. You are going to start to take that on and then say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't go out for that promotion. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, go off and try that side hustle. Maybe I shouldn't ask for that raise. Maybe I shouldn't put myself out there in X, Y, Z because I feel like I'm asking for too much or I feel like I'm too much or I feel like, I should stay small. And that's such an important thing to be asking. Are they actually there for you? And are you choosing the best people that you can spend your time with? Are you loving the person that you're, you are when you're with them? And if not, there are some decisions to be made. Of course, we've got friends that we keep at arm's length. We've got best friends. We've got you know acquaintances. But those best friends and the, the partner you choose, so important. So, 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 so important. They need to be ride or die. They need to be for your highest and best. They need to be pushing you out of your comfort zone because they're like, girl, I love you. I know you can do amazing things. I'm lifting you up. I'm challenging you because I know that you putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, you having the courage, you doing the thing is so important. And they give you tough love. They're like, no. You're, you're not, you're not acting or you're not behaving like, like the, the woman or the person I know you are. Let's, let's work on that. Like, let's talk this through and they're there for you. And then when you're upset and you're down and you're not doing well in whatever areas, cause we all have bad days and weeks and months and years, they're not secretly like celebrating that you're not doing well. They're like supporting you. They're hearing you out. And they're like, I know you're going to get through this. What do you need from me? Do you need advice? Do you just need support? Do you just need an ear? Do you just need to vent? Like, what do you need? those, that quality of friendships and, and partnership is unbelievable. And it's so true, right? We've got that Harvard study. That's the longest study ever conducted in the world on our health. And it's not even, do you smoke cigarettes? Do you eat well? Do you exercise? Do you sleep well? It's the relationships you have. That is the number one determinant of your health and of your quality of life. Like, oh my God, let that sink in. Because if you're not surrounding yourself with amazing people you're, you're not maximizing the amount of joy and fulfillment and, and quality that you can have from this life. And remember, your partner and your friends also can influence the way you feel about yourself. So for example, in my previous relationship, when I started the relationship with this person, we were together for a number of years, loved him very, very much. Um, obviously the relationship ended. There was nothing, there was no animosity or anything like that. It just, it, it 
was an end to a relationship. I still think of it very fondly and I'm still very thankful for it. And this is one of the main things I learned from that was I went into that relationship, obviously working on myself, still working on my self-esteem. I was 21, I think at the time when I got into that relationship and being with this partner, this unconditionally loving partner, this partner that, that thought I was beautiful and sexy and amazing in all of these, in all of these ways showed me how to love myself more. And with it, I could, I could tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if I had a partner who was criticizing me, who was judging my body, who was giving me offside comments, who was maybe making me feel insecure or less than I would, the opposite would have happened. I would have gotten cripplingly more insecure, but because I was with someone who was saying, you're so sexy, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with your body. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. You're an amazing person. Like love you, love you, love you. Just unconditional love. Over time I was like, oh, if the person that I love feels this way about me and they're saying it all the time. Maybe it's true. Maybe I should actually start to believe this. And I can't tell you how much of an effect it had on my self-esteem, on my self-confidence and my body image, the way I saw myself. And it was just so eye-opening. And I'll take that lesson with me forever and carry that through my life, even beyond this relationship, because that's the gift that people in your life give you. And if your friends or your partner, and of course we're using like the body image example here, are judging your body, are, are judging you, are making side comments about other women or other people, it's going to lead you to crit criticize yourself and to feel more insecure. So it works both ways. When you're with people, and that's why I say choose them wisely, who are you when, when you're with them? What qualities do they bring out in you? Are you someone who's happy, confident, successful, excited about life, feeling like you can do whatever you want to do, feeling like you're an amazing badass queen, or are you doubting yourself a lot? Are you feeling competitive? Are you feeling low? Are you feeling down? What, what are you feeling jealous and angry? Like what are these qualities they're bringing out in you? Such a good question to ask and something that you can be and should be ruthless with. Like you have to be ruthless with your relationships you have to put yourself first. You really, really do. And I know it's hard. It's hard to end friendships. It's hard to end partnerships. Like God, don't I know it? But again, if you've got the courage to do the difficult thing, you will be rewarded. Let's not forget that. And let's always remind ourselves that when we are going through that difficult decision, it provides such a blanket of comfort to know that if you can move through this decision, your life will be better forever. Okay. Number six, our last one on lessons that have changed my life forever beyond my health and wellness, but this is related to health, <laughs> is taking care of your health and your body should be fun, not draining, stressful, or overwhelming. Do not complicate it. Oh my God, if I could shout this from the rooftops every day of my goddamn life. And this is, I'm so passionate about this because for ever, literally for the majority of my life, did I torture myself, torture my body, try all of these things all at once. I was vegan. I was intermittent fasting. I was working out every day for like two hours. Like for what? For what? I'm thinking I'm going to get healthy. I'm thinking being healthy or actually I was more so doing it to be skinny. Let's be real. But I was telling myself it was to be healthy. Still, whatever, healthy, skinny, fill in the blank, more toned, whatever. Kind of, you kind of, kind of put them all together, right? But working on all these things in the quote unquote health world, nutrition, exercise, fasting, body composition, all of this stuff, commitment, willpower, discipline, whatever. If these things that you're doing are not adding to your life, if they're taking away from your life, from your sanity, from your joy, from your fulfillment in life, stop it. Stop doing it. Literally life is too short. Life is too short to hate your body. Life is also too short to be obsessed with your body and to be doing all these things that don't even make your quality of life better. Because 
in some way, you are trying to do these things to get to an end goal. Usually you're doing these things, most women, when we're talking about the, the health and wellness world, they're usually doing things to change their body composition. And then they think changing their body composition is going to make them happy. However, doing these things makes them miserable. So they think through the misery, they will eventually be thin enough that they will achieve happiness and the happiness will outshine all of the misery. That's not going to work. That is the most opposite way to go through this. Whereas if we can flip it on its head, like I've said a zillion times in this episode, if we can say, I'm going to focus on making my life freaking amazing. I'm going to focus on maximizing my relationships. I'm going to focus on having the best sleep of my life so I can wake up with the most energy. I'm going to focus on loving my workouts and being consistent. I'm going to focus on eating food that makes me feel amazing. All of that is going to not only help you in the short term, feel way better about your quality of life, not feel restricted, not feel stressed, not feel obsessed about your body or food. And wouldn't you know, it also helps you feel better about your body. It also helps you look better. If that is what you're trying to do, it will, it genuinely will. If you are healthy, you will look healthy. Like that is case end point, period, end of story, end of discussion. And then you actually having that enjoyment of the process and that love of your day-to-day life and actually saying, this is fun. This is easy for me. I can be consistent with this and I know I'm doing the right things. You can enjoy the progress you're making. You can actually see the progress you're making and you can have your cake and eat it too, right? Whereas when we are doing all of these trends, we are doing these crazy diets. We are obsessing with workouts. We're overdoing all of the intensity. Like we're, we're just so hard with everything. Like we, we do not have to go balls to the wall. We are so dramatic. We are so polarizing with everything, but that's because that's what's sexy. That sells, right? People want you to buy their program, to buy their diet. And it's not, it's not going to sell if it's not polarizing, if it's not dramatic. If you're like, I've never seen this before. It's so grueling. It must be what works. No, 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 no. If it's harder, if it's more grueling, if it's, it seems to be more dramatic and more stressful and more intense, that doesn't mean it's going to work better. It just doesn't. It doesn't mean it's going to work better. It actually won't because you won't be able to sustain it. So a cornerstone of all of the work I do, you'll see this all throughout the podcast, the Instagram, all the work we do one-on-one together is about creating small, lasting changes that make your life better, that make you love your body, love the skin you're in, that make you have more energy, better digestion, better periods, balanced hormones, more uh, optimized fertility, all of these things so that your life is better. At the end of the day, if these things are taking away from your quality of life, they're not worth it. So we need to talk about this and say, okay, How can we make these changes? Three meals a day, seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep. Work out a few times a week. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it stressful on yourself. Don't make it overwhelming. Don't make it draining because you won't be able to stick with it and you'll never be able to appreciate your progress. So that's why I love not only focusing on things like the relationship that you have to yourself and the identity that you're taking on and you're like, I am someone that can do these things. Fuck yeah, like let's go. But also saying, okay, I'm just going to focus on not skipping lunch. I'm going to focus on getting to bed by 11 p.m. I'm going to focus on going to the gym at least once a week. Go slow. If you're not already getting seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep, three meals per day that have veggies and protein like meat or fish and fiber, like good quality carbohydrates, like sweet sweet potato, squash, rice, et cetera, like whole foods, and you're not strength training three times a week, walking every day. If you're not doing those things, you don't have any business doing anything else. You don't, you do not. But we think it's too simple. We actually think it's too simple. That is the feedback I get from almost every client. It's like, I can't believe how simple this is. I'm like, honestly annoyed how simple this is because I feel like 
it has to be dramatic because that's what we're sold and it doesn't, it really doesn't. Taking care of your health and your body should be fun. It needs to add to your life, not take away because you being healthy is the whole point. You you looking, feeling amazing in your, in your body, naked in a bathing suit is the point. Like you wanna feel amazing in your skin. So why are you depleting yourself? Why are you stressing yourself out and making it torturous when you could be changing that mindset, changing that frame, doing things that are enjoyable, doing things that make you feel amazing and then by default, you over time will get to the place you want it to be anyways. And you'll actually be able to enjoy that progress and actually enjoy that destination and still be working on yourself in the in the process. So this is a huge one. It is so fun. This is why I love what I do and like teaching the information I do because I'm like, strap in ladies, this is gonna be a good goddamn time. Like if you have not had fun taking care of your body, if you have not had fun learning about nutrition, learning about sleep, learning about periods, like, buckle up because it's actually fun. Your body's so cool. And when you realize how much energy you can have and how good life can be and how healthy you can feel with such small changes, it's unreal. It's amazing. So that is kind of, was kind of honestly an underlying theme of this whole episode as well. But that was one that changed my life forever because I always thought I had to torture myself. I always thought it was like the more grueling, again, punishing the more I would focus on like pushing through the better the results would be. And it was literally the opposite. Once I gave that up and was like, I'm going to focus on nourishment, on loving myself, on doing the things that make me feel amazing. I also started to look what I would consider quote unquote better or what made me more confident. And then I could actually appreciate the progress I was making. Also, my skin was clear. Who would have thought? Because I'm not stressing myself out every goddamn day, right? Like stress also depletes you. It also makes your period and fertility more difficult. It also makes you gain weight. It also makes you have acne. Like it's not good. It's not good. And if you're stressing about your workouts and what you're eating and when you're sleeping and all of these things, we got to get rid of that. We got to alleviate that stress. You should not be stressing about your health all the time and all of these things that you're doing. So those and that were, those were our six lessons that have changed my life for the better that I hope you resonated with or will take something away from because honestly, I cannot say enough. Like, yes, I love giving the tips and the tricks and the hormones and explaining your cycle and talking about all this stuff. Like I know, I know I love that stuff and I know you love it too, but sometimes we need to have like a tough love, intimate conversation. And sometimes we need to explore like, okay, independent of what I'm eating and when I'm working out, like how am I treating myself? How am I talking to myself? What identify, what identities am I taking on? Who do I actually believe I am? Am I miserable in my life? Like, am I settling in my life? Where do I feel like I want to be more brave and courageous? Where do I feel like I'm talking shit about myself to myself? Like sometimes we need to, to look under the hood, which is something I say all the time and not just focus on the surface, like behaviors. We actually have to look at what's going on underneath with it when it comes to our relationship with ourselves, our narratives, our mindset, and all of our self-talk. So these have changed my life forever. I hope they change your life forever too. We can just have one big love fest. And as always, I'm here. I love these conversations. DM me on Instagram, Root and Remedy Wellness. Send me an email, Vanessa at rootandremedywellness.com. I always put everything in the show notes. If you want to work one-on-one together, book a free discovery call with me. We sit down, totally complimentary, for 20 minutes, and we talk about what you're going through, whether it's fertility-related hormones, period, or you just want to talk about maybe your relationship to food or your body or the narratives that you have and how to not be in this prison of torturing your body. We can talk about that too. We don't always have to just talk about the steps for balancing hormones. Sometimes it's the internal work that needs to be done. So if that's a conversation you need to have, I am always here for you 100% of the time. And I have all of those resources linked for you in the show notes below. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Root and Remedy podcast. If you like this episode and you find our information helpful, then it would mean the world to us if you would leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, or somewhere else, just click that rating and review button and leave five stars. That allows us to continue to bring you great guests, free information in the women's health field, and get this podcast out to more people who need it. And of course, if you want to explore any of our courses, our one-on-one services, or any other resources we have, you can find everything at rootandremedywellness.com.